We need to get rid of this barrier around talking about money and wealth, especially as women. I was reading an amazing book called Girls That Invest last week. And in there, there is a study where they found 60% of women would rather talk about their own death and funeral plans than talk about their income. How wild is that? Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform, and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. A few months back, I was doing a live stream for my students and my courses, and we were doing a bit of a Q&A, and I casually mentioned uh, about my plans to retire by the time I'm 35. And one of my students, Lisa, was like, hold up, I need to know more about this. And I did realize, like, I talk about this a lot with my partner and in our own little bubble together. And it's not until sometimes I get out of that bubble or get out of, I guess, maybe like the entrepreneurial world, especially. And when you say you want to retire by the time of 35, that's actually quite a bold statement. And people are pretty interested in what you're doing and how you're going about it. So I thought this would make a really interesting episode of the podcast to give you guys a little bit of an insight into this whole plan or dream or big vision goal that I have. And also just to talk about money, finances and investing a bit more because I personally was not someone who was interested in these topics growing up. I think as girls, we are told we're not good at money. We shouldn't be interested in money. And the reality is, is we should be educating ourselves. I'm terrible at maths, but that doesn't mean I'm a terrible investor. That doesn't mean that I can't take charge of my finances. And it's especially important if you are wanting to run your own business because cash flow is the number one thing that shuts down businesses. If you're not managing your income and your expenses, it's not going to function as a business. I also feel this episode is quite timely because you know there's a lot of talk around the economy inflation all of these crazy things happening and in New Zealand this week news sort of emerged about the possibility of a another layer of tax going on top of our KiwiSaver. For those who aren't from New Zealand, KiwiSaver is like our 401k. I think that's what you call it in the States. And it's essentially our retirement fund. So when you're in a traditional job, they will take 3% between two, I think it's between two and four and you get to choose. Um, Anyway, they take a really small percentage of your pay and they put this into your KiwiSaver fund. Then your employer matches that and you get like a government contract contribution each year. And the whole idea of this is you're putting it into this nice tidy little fund. Someone else is going to manage it and invest that money for you and grow it for you. And then that will be your nice little nest egg for when you retire. It's essentially your retirement fund, making sure you know, the everyday Joe society is saving for their retirement because we know looking at the numbers, there's more and more people 
who are living longer compared to say a few generations ago. So we're looking to in you know 2060, 20, 2070, however many years down the line, there's going to be more people retired and living off a pension. So there is this kind of conversation around, oh, is the pension actually still going to continue? Are we going to be able to rely on the government for, you know, our weekly payment? Or are we just going to have to use our savings? When we want to stop working, we have to have the savings to support that. So it is something important for us all to be thinking about. And I have always thought KiwiSaver has been fantastic. But guys, this new tax, like they're thinking of adding GST to it. I don't know if it's an official thing. I think it's something that the government's put forward. Uh, to be honest, I didn't read that much more about it because I looked at it and I was like, ew, gross, that's really dumb. We don't want to be losing more money with our KiwiSaver. It's meant to be an investment and we're already paying tax on it. So no, thank you very much. <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer, I am all for paying taxes. I like contributing to society. I'm all for that. Always pay my taxes. I do think when it comes to something like our retirement nest egg, I think I read a statistic that over, you know, uh, X amount of period, if you save $300,000, $40,000 of that is now going to be taxed. And I was kind of like, huh, when you put it like that, like, oh, it's just a little bit of extra tax that we're going to have to pay on our retirement fund. But when you put the number as if you had $300,000, $40,000 of that would then be taxed and disappear. I'm like, $40,000 is actually a significant amount of money in your retirement. So there's a lot of conversations happening at the moment around this topic. And I thought it would be the perfect time to record this episode. So in today's episode, after this very long winded uh, introduction, I'm going to talk about my plans to retire at 35. I'm going to talk about this concept called FIRE, which you may or may not have heard of. I'm going to talk about a little bit of why and how this kind of motivated me to start my business versus looking at a salary in a corporate job. And I'm also going to chat a little bit about investing. Now, full disclosure, I am not a financial advisor. This is not personal financial advice for you to take. I'm simply sharing some things from my own personal experience. I highly recommend you consult a professional when it comes to your finances. That's my little disclaimer for you. I think I've noticed people do that when they do financy podcast episodes. So there you go. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the juiciness of this topic. How do I plan to retire at 35? Now, I feel a little bit nervous talking about this because it is a big goal and I am very aware of that. But the thing is, I am a very goal-driven person. I've always had goals and I always, pretty much always achieve my goals or eventually figure out a way to achieve them. And when I say retire, it may not be your typical understanding of retirement. I'm not talking about moving into a retirement village and taking up painting classes and never working again. My vision of my life when I'm 35 is to have enough money, to have enough investments that I can live off that and that any other extra that extra work that I'm doing is a bonus. Like I don't have to work for my income because I already have enough invested to live off. That is the goal. So it doesn't mean I'm going to stop working at 35 because quite honestly, I think I'd get bored if I retired at that age. Like what am I going to do for the rest of my life? But the whole idea is that I get to do work that I love and I'm not doing it for the paycheck. That is my vision. And this is something that I talk a lot about with my partner because 
I'm just of the belief, like the traditional structure we have in society where you like get a job, you work there for 40 years and then you retire at 60. I think you're really like wasting a lot of your life. And there's so much we can do in this world. There's so much to see, so much to do. And I just think if you're going to wait till you're 60 to do it all, it's a little bit of a waste. And life life is short, man. We don't even know if we're going to make it to 60, not to be morbid a little bit, but you never know what's going to happen. And I believe we really should be creating work or creating businesses that allow us to enjoy our life and work at the same time, right? I want to live a life where I'm not married to my job for 40 years and then can only enjoy the last 20 years of my life when I'm retired. I want to enjoy the whole damn beautiful life. I want to be able to be inspired, to travel the world, to do whatever I want to do, to have that immense feeling of freedom that I think you get when you have enough investments and you can retire at 35. That's the goal. It's really just like the ultimate level of freedom to me (laughs) to be 35, have my investments in the bank. And we'll talk about what my investments are in a second. And just to be in the position where I'm like, cool, I could start a business today. I could start something new. I could invest in someone else's businesses, but I don't have to. I can do whatever I want. I can take a year off and travel, or I can spend a year, you know, scaling my business, or I can move to Dubai, or I can move anywhere else I want to do, wanted to go where I can get a visa. (laughs) Now, there is also this concept called FIRE. F-I-R-E, and it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And the concept around this is that you save 70% of your income and you're like a real hardcore saver. So you are just putting every spare penny away. You're really restricting yourself back in terms of any luxuries or any indulgences. You know, it's about buying the cheapest supermarket food and sticking to that as your meal plan for the week. It's about taking a really cheap rental or car, even if you could afford something bigger, um, and just taking that as a cheaper option so that you can save more. This fire concept is very trendy on like TikTok, on the internet, and I have some respect for it. I think it's pretty awesome. And it's cool to see people have that same kind of vision as me. You know, you want to be in your 30s or early 40s and not have to work to have that freedom and to be able to retire early. It shares that same basic belief system. But the main difference is I cannot save 70% of my income. Okay, I could. I could guys, but your girl loves some luxuries. Like anyone who follows me on Instagram, you know, I have a handbag addiction. I have a wall of handbags. I like the finer things in life. I like to shop and spoil myself and travel. And for me, a really important part of, I guess, my lifestyle that I've created is enjoying it, right? Like I could save more money. I could rent and live in a smaller house, but I also just want to enjoy the beautiful house that I do have. And I think that is where the sort of fire principle or structure to approaching early retirement, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, I also know this isn't realistic for a lot of people. They don't have you know, a huge amount of excess money that's obviously coming from quite like a privileged position. But if you are someone who is an avid saver, maybe you can move home with your parents even, this could actually be quite a good option for you. Maybe this is something that you could be interested in. For me though, one of the key, I guess, 
turning points or key problems when it comes to wanting to retire early is it does depend how much you can save. And I went for the different option of, okay, I don't want to save 70% of my income. I just want to make more money. So then I have more money to put into my investments. So that really brings me to why I started my business. You know, I used to sit in my corporate job and look at my senior managers, editors, bosses, and these were the people that I was meant to aspire to be like. They were meant to have my dream jobs. And every time I'd look at them, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. I'd look at them and be like, I don't want to be 40 and working like you are. Like, I don't want to have to be a slave to my job or someone else's company. I want to be out there enjoying my life. And that was really one of the key motivations for me in starting my business. I wanted to be able to increase my income because I kept working my ass off and getting like piddly little 2.5% pay increases on my already really pathetically low salary. I wanted to be able to work hard and create massive income. And I also wanted to be able to not have to work my entire life to be able to like save for retirement. I wanted to retire early. And for me, the pathway was finding another sort of place to make money where for you guys, this doesn't necessarily have to be starting a business. It could be going and changing industries and going into a more profitable career path. Could be retraining to do that. It could be starting up some side hustles or some other revenue streams on top of your corporate job. And then you've just got excess cash. You know, if you're living off your corporate job, you can have a side hustle that, you know, creates more money to invest. But for me to achieve this dream of retiring by 35 or semi-retiring slash retiring from having to work, by 35, really for me, the best option was starting my own business and having that unlimited income potential. Like it's one of my favorite parts of of running my business is there is no limit. And I don't know if that sounds like a little bit obnoxious or like disconnected, but I always say it's just about like my faith. Like I just believe in myself and believe in my business. And sometimes when I say things that I've written in my journal or I say in my head and I, I speak them out loud, I'm like, wow, that does sound a bit crazy. Like, can I actually retire by the time I'm 35? But if you guys are regular listeners of the podcast, you will know that I say mindset is everything. So it's all about really deeply believing in yourself and deeply believing in your success and believing that your income can be uncapped. And it's funny when you start to believe these things, they do happen. You put that energy out there. You bring that energy and that confidence to your next meeting or to your next client networking event, whatever it is. Like if you're constantly carrying this energy that, yeah, my income is uncapped, people are drawn to that. It doesn't even have to be this woo-woo deep manifestation thing. It's just an like you're an energy and how you present yourself and the confidence that you have. So if you haven't done so before, I'd highly recommend you start journaling and working on your mindset and your goals. I've kind of gone off on a tangent here and forgotten what I was talking about, but that was basically my, my pathways was to generate more income, to start my own business. And this has been a process four years in the making, over four years in the making. Um, if you don't include all of the many side hustles that I actually tried and experimented with in the years before that at uni and high school, um, that never really 
performed. But here we are today. <laughs> it all led somewhere. So I've mentioned a few times in this episode investments and I've talked about when I have enough investments to live off. And to wrap up this episode, I wanted to explain this a little bit more and talk about what I mean by these investments. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend checking out the Girls That Invest podcast. They also released a book recently, which is fantastic. If you know nothing about investing, get that book and it just explains everything so well. I'm very lucky that my partner is a portfolio manager and he is very up with, you know, how investing works and he has taught me a lot about it. This book also helped reinforce a lot of the knowledge and I just love the way that they explain things in a way that just resonates with a female audience as well, I think is key. Like there were mean girl references in the book. It was just a fun time reading it. And I had a lot of aha moments, which was fantastic. So highly recommend checking that out. The whole idea with investing is just the classic, like making your money work for you. So I first got into investing in 2020 when I went to put my usual fixed deposit back on at the bank. Like every year I'd have a sum of money and I'd keep adding to it and put that on a fixed deposit yearly. And I went to put it on a fixed deposit and I clicked through the options on the bank and I was like, yep, yep, here we go. Just as I do every year and was about to press submit when I noticed the value that I was going to gain by this one year long fixed deposit. And it was something, was it a year? It was either a year or six months. But all I remember was the value I was going to get was $70. Like putting my money in this fixed deposit with this bank was going to earn me $70 over the course of many months. And I was like, what? Hang on. And for those who know things about investment in the economy, of course, 2020 was the year of the pandemic, right? Uh, but pandemic, sorry. And interest rates really um, took a hit and they went really low, which was fantastic news if you were buying a house because your loan and your mortgage was really, you know, the interest rates on that were really low. But if you were wanting to leave your money in the bank and gain interest off that, it really wasn't ideal. It was, you know, people like me making their $70 over many, many months. So I had only, I think I'd only recently started dating Ellie and I kind of mentioned to this to him and he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing putting your money on a fixed deposit? And I was like, I haven't done it yet. I was just like, I didn't understand why it was only going to give me $70 and I'd quite like some more money. And that was when he really introduced me to investing. Again, I'm not a financial expert on this. I'm just kind of sharing my story and experience and how this is helping me work towards my goal of early retirement. I basically only invest in things like index funds or ETFs. And these are kind of like, I don't even know if I should be explaining this because again, I'm not a finance wizard and I don't know things that well. (laughs) If you are like me, investing in a fund is such a great place to start because you don't have to know anything, right? A fund is really like a group of stocks. So I invest into the S&P 500, which is the top 500 businesses in America, in the US. And you can go for different countries, but the US is kind of like, you know, the best one to go for. So every time I put money into that ETF, it is actually divided up around all of these businesses. So I own a little bit of Microsoft, a little bit of Tesla, and like, I'm talking like tiny, tiny, tiny amounts of shares. 
The S&P is a really reliable fund that year on year, on average, it will increase by 7 to 10%. And that is much more than you're going to get by leaving your money in a bank and compared to get the interest you'd get sitting, leaving it there in a bank. It's, it's really not much. That would be around, I don't know, like 2 or 3%. I think only 3% if it's like a really good bank, a really good deal that you've worked out for yourself. What I'm trying to really get across here is it's a, it's a safer place to invest. You don't have to pick stocks. You don't have to know a lot about finance. These are funds that are being managed by other people or managed by AI. And you don't have to do the work and you're not gambling. There's this whole misconception. Again, I highly recommend you read the Girls That Invest book if you want to know more about this. You know, there's this misconception around investing and how it's like gambling and it's not responsible for us to do, especially as women, I find. Like, I think it's really normal for guys to talk about investing. And then for some reason, for women, there's like, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, that's not a smart thing for you to be doing. Or this, again, this misconception that we need to be experts and finance wizards to be able to be part of the finance industry or the investment industry. And the truth is you can get started with just $10. You can put $10 into an ETF a week and that's going to grow through compound interest to a crazy amount. Again, I'm so bad at numbers. I'm so bad at math. <laughs> this is not my strong suit. But to explain to you guys, if you've ever wondered, when I talk about investing, what I invest in, it is majority, majority, that's not a word. The majority of my investments <laughs> does come down to um, funds and ETFs like the S&P 500. Then I do have a few individual stocks that I have purchased and I of course have my emergency savings which is just in my bank account that's getting a really pathetic amount of interest but you know we all need emergency savings and at this point in time I do not own a property or have any other investments beyond my sort of funds and there are many reasons as to why I don't own a house I could go into this a lot I could do a whole 30 minute episode about why I don't have a house but in short it's very difficult to buy a house if you're self-employed. Also, it's just not my priority right now. And I have plans to live uh, in other countries. I have plans to travel a lot more. And having a house just ties you down a little bit, in my opinion. Some people might have different ideas. And one day in the future, as part of building my sort of investment portfolio to retire at 35, there's definitely going to be houses involved there. I do think Still, if you buy in the right area, if you buy the right property, it can be a really good investment, especially I would love to have one or two rental properties to get make rental income each month. I know that's a really big way that some people retire early is just having a really robust property portfolio. But I personally love the idea of having the property portfolio and the investment portfolio in terms of like my funds and earning interest off that, having the best of both worlds. And I think the really cool thing about investing into funds is you don't need $100,000 as a house deposit, right? You can get started with whatever money that you have, even as little as $10. And also, you know, when it comes to a pro property portfolio and investing in property, my ETF fund isn't going to ring me up as a tenant and tell me that the dishwasher is broken and they need a replacement, <laughs> which is, you know, the downside of owning property and all of that kind of jazz. You can really tell that I'm just like super pro renting. I love it. I think renting's great. I think more people should actually talk about that. 
and actually promote that. And, you know, not everyone is in the position to buy a house, uh, whether that's financially or just at their phase in life. Eventually, I do think it will be part of the picture of retiring at 35. In terms of my investments and what I want them to look like, a crazy goal that I'm looking to work towards, and I didn't know if I was going to share this on the podcast or not, but might as well for those curious. My big number goal is to have two to three million dollars in my investment portfolio. That will generate enough money just off 4%. If I take 4% of the interest I earn each year out of that, I'm going to be making a six-figure salary or giving myself a six-figure salary from my investments. For those who don't know, I am currently 26. I turn 27 next year in 2023. So 35 is still still a little ways off, but we are very far away from the goal of two to three million. <laughs> but I think it's a really nice juicy goal to work towards. And obviously this plays into my business plan a lot as well. If I have this overarching goal that I want to have this much in my portfolio by X number of years or by the time I'm 35, which is what, over eight years away. It does make it very clear to me how much money I want my business to be generating. And also I'm looking at other pathways to start secondary businesses and to start businesses with my partner, which I won't go more any more in depth into. You know, I'm constantly thinking of things about how I can reach this goal because I know, like, for example, if I had this goal, I hadn't figured out this goal, specifically this number when I was in my corporate job because I wasn't really into investing. I was just trying to figure out a way to retire early and hadn't quite figured out the details. <laughs> I know like looking back, I couldn't have stayed in a job making $45,000 a year and have $3 million in investments by the time I was 35. So the business is a very big part of that, growing the business to more consistent, higher revenue, and then also starting another business, which I intend to start and sell and keep it like a little bit of a cycle, start a business, sell it, use that to fund the next project, sell that for even more, use that to fund the next project. So there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on in my head. And I have really big conversations like this with my partner on the regular. One of the many reasons why I love him is he is a big dreamer like me and we really do motivate each other. And I'm really excited for what the future holds. I hope this episode was somehow helpful, if not helpful, just inspiring, or just for those people who really like to be nosy and know how much money I'm making or how much I'm investing. I didn't reveal any of that, but hey, I got you into this podcast episode, so hopefully it, it had enough tea for you. <laughs> Before I leave, don't forget to enter my competition, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and it's not even a competition, it's a giveaway. You can have my course for free if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts details will be in the description of this podcast episode or jump over to my social dm me on instagram and i can answer all of your questions this promotion will end at the end of september so good chance to get in now and with that being said thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode i will catch you in the next one bye guys bye